Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Tea's inherent functional benefits, positive sustainability messaging, and diverse usage occasions, formats, and flavor profiles should make it a shoe-in for U.S. consumers searching for healthier options that don't compromise taste or convenience. And yet, it is often overshadowed by other beverage categories, revealing opportunities for brands to better communicate the value proposition of and stories behind their products. According to Statista, the U.S. tea market is expected to bring in $2.8 billion in revenue in 2024, the same as in 2023, which represents a slowdown from a notable 7.69% uptick in revenue from $2.6 billion in 2022 and a 4% and 4.17% year-over-year increase from 2021 and 2020, respectively. While Statista expects to see renewed revenue growth of a more moderate 3.2% compound annual rate over the next four years, volume is anticipated to increase only 0.9% through 2025, revealing a familiar disconnect between sales and volume that many food and beverage categories currently are experiencing. Still, there are significant opportunities to drive tea consumption higher going forward. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Carmen Allison, NIQ's Vice President of Thought Leadership in North America, and Shaban Weber, President of the Tea and Herbal Association of Canada, share what is driving current consumer interest in tea, what emerging trends will fuel additional growth in 2024, and what challenges stakeholders must overcome. They also share some marketing and merchandising tips that could help boost volume as well as sales going forward. So, the dramatic jump in tea sales between 2020 and 2022 and the subsequent slowdown in 2023 mirrors the experience of many food and beverage categories during the pandemic and following period of inflation, according to Allison, who adds that the wild swings are not alarming, but rather the ongoing growth should be interpreted as encouraging. I take it back one level and, and think about some of the macro trends that's happening in the grocery industry right now, because obviously tea is riding the wave um, that we've seen over the last year. So it's been quite quite volatile and we know the impacts of inflation so we just have to go back to you know 2020 when the whole world shut down and we saw record levels of growth in our industry it was like up about 11 12 percent across the board and we've seen things normalize a little bit um and um but now we're seeing the big growth drivers rising prices and and uh, so that's been a big trend and, and we say the same thing with tea and coffee and other beverages where inflation has been, you know, five, six percent, which is typically much higher, twice the rate than we've normally seen. But the big challenge, I think, for a lot of manufacturers, whether you're a beverage, food, or even like a laundry detergent manufacturer, is what we're seeing is that consumers, they're, they're spending more, but they're actually consuming less. So part of that has to do with the fact that people are sticking with essentials. Um, so, so people are just removing things from their shopping list. Now, I don't think tea and coffee are 
here is one of those categories that people are cutting back on to a huge degree. But I think what is happening is that the occasion is shifting a little bit because we were all locked in in our homes. Some of us are back to work in a hybrid approach as well. And food service is now starting to, you know, get back to that that share of, of consumption that we saw pre-pandemic. So so we do look we do see. You know, tea and coffee consumption over the last year down two or three percent. Now that's not unusual because if you look at over total CPG sales and even food sales, it's down one percent. So it's down a little bit less, um, but it's basically trending with what we see from an overall CPG perspective. At NIQ, we, we actually track a lot of those consumer behaviors. So we know that consumers are sticking with essentials, but they're also looking for value right now. And, and value comes in many, many forms, right? So we do see consumers, you know, buying on promotion more. So so that's a good way to keep consumers engaged and motivated. So so tea is no exception. It's You're still going to potentially have to promote tea to to get consumers to increase consumption. There's the consumers that are very loyal. They're going to continue to buy tea on a regular basis, but there's some of those consumers that may be lapsed users, lighter users, and that promotional activities is a good way to keep them um, engaged. We also know that that consumers are, are shifting where they're buying um, their products as well. So, so we know, um, you know, we call them value retailers. So those retailers that tend to have lower price points, they're winning in the marketplace right now. So, and and whether you're buying in bulk, whether you're looking for a lower cost for use and going to like a warehouse club such as Sam's Club or Costco, you know, those are all growth areas. And same with online is a growth area as well. So, so tea is is no exception where you know we have to follow where that consumer wallet is going and where consumers are making those purchase decisions. As consumers continue to be more selective in how they spend their food and beverage dollars, Weber recommends brands and retailers highlight tea's affordability compared to other beverages and versatility. It's a very very affordable beverage, and to think that it's an affordable beverage that is you know, that is full of vitamins, full of vi- minerals, full of um, health benefits, um, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck for the beverage that's out there. Um, I, the other thing that I would add is that, um, uh, you know, uh, surveys and studies that I've seen, um, as, as, as Carmen said, in terms of, um, you know, whether consumers would be cutting back on either coffee or tea, tea tends to be a... Um, uh, a, a must-have in people's baskets as opposed to a like-to-have or a maybe. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of for a lot of people, it's become a staple within their, within their category. Um, maybe less so in, you know, pre-bottled ready to drink. That, that might be a different story, but I think that, you know, tea or coffee that you're making for yourself at home or on the go or whatever is, it's sort of, you don't even think about it. It's like a glass of water. You need to get people to see that it is a valuable product, right? We don't want perception of value. We want people to actually see that there is value in here. Um, and I think that we do that by demonstrating how broad, um, uh, you know, the category really is. It's not as narrow as people tend to think that sometimes it is based on, you know, traditions and what they've grown up with and habits and those types of things. One way to highlight the value of tea and help ensure its purchase is to showcase different ways of consuming it, including different occasions. For example, Weber calls out the potential to tie tea into the burgeoning sober curious movement, while Allison points to pairing it with different meals, day parts, and health benefits. So there's this huge rise, I'm sure you know, about um, people that are 
either eliminating alcohol completely out of their day or, you know, their social, whatever it is, um, or even opting for low alcohol, right? So, you know, there are all kinds of beverage mixes and, 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 and all kinds of ready mix, uh, you know, ready beverages um, that have that. And I think that that's another huge opportunity for tea. I say that as an opportunity, but I also stress that anybody in this category to look at it as an opportunity, recognizing that it's an alternative to cocktails and to alcohol, that means don't give them a sugary, uh, uh, you know, a sugary beverage that you would offer to your child, right? Anybody who's looking for an alternative to an alcoholic beverage still wants the complexities and flavors. They still want, you know, maybe bitters and sours and, you know, those types of flavors as opposed to, you know, a canned soft drink. That's not what we're talking about with Sober Curious. I think the other great thing about tea is that it, it meets many occasions and, and within the home and, and also time of day, right? A lot of people, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people that I know that after 6 p.m. say no to coffee. Um, but but for tea, you can have that any time of the day, right? You can start your day off with tea. You can have it in the evening. You can have it with a meal. But also, it's it's a pick-me-up. And, and some people use it as a reward to calm themselves down. Um, and Or even if you're not feeling well, it's it's a great beverage to have. Um, so I think the versatility of tea, I think, is, is a great benefit that it has over other beverages as well. I think there's there's still opportunities. Um, you think about you know um, pairing um, beverages with different type of cuisines, and I think tea is another one. The diversity of it, like whether you're having Italian, Chinese, or whatever the meal occasions, I think there's a the, you know just pairing the right tea with that that meal occasion. I think there's a lot of options and opportunities there as well. Allison also notes that tea's versatility lends itself well to cross promotional and merchandising activities. That could help boost sales, but also volume. When you're promoting your product, it's always great to find, you know, a complementary product. And, and, you know, so if you think about tea, that it may go well with, um, you know, a baked good. And you may not be a baked good manufacturer, but that's where you can actually do research and work with the retailers. And if the retailer is going to run a promotion, because we know that when they run their weekly flyers or they do the weekly promotions, there's a sea of categories and brands that are profiled. So I think there's ways to be very, very strategic, right? So if tea is on sale and if we know that the propensity of someone who buys tea is more likely to buy another category, then make sure they're promoted in tandem. Um, so therefore, that's one way to grow to the basket. So it's not a this or that, it's this plus that. And I think that is something that is a an opportunity for manufacturers and retailers. The retailers, they have so much going on, right? So they're managing an entire store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even at NIQ, we track like 620 categories. So that's what a retailer is dealing with on a weekly basis. Then forget about the number of brands, the number of promotions. So that's why I think manufacturers, they just have to be more proactive and, and bring those recommendations to the table because this is a tea recommendation to cross-promote, but they're trying to think of many other different combinations. Yes, so what, what could be right in front of them? They may not see it, and that's where I think, you know, the brands and manufacturers need to come to the table with those ideas. As logical as it is, then they're just looking for ideas. So I think that's where you can really partner with retailers to help them, you know, solve those mysteries. As brands work with retailers to help cross-promote tea, Allison advises they should also be prepared for pushback, as stores potentially are cutting back on the variety and number of teas that they stock. Generally speaking, a lot of retailers are cutting a certain right now, and they're thinking, well, you know, you can always buy it online, right? That's the the alternative. You don't find it in store, you can buy it online. Well, 
that works. But but think about how many variations of tea there are. So I think, you know, sometimes people think there's this unlimited digital shelf. And I challenge that because I don't know about you, but I scroll two pages and I'm done. Like, so so that's what we're doing at NIQ. We're actually looking at those retailers that have cut assortment and we're saying, did sales actually go up or did you actually lose sales as a result? And what we're seeing is that the majority of retailers are losing sales when they cut assortment. So I think this is a, a watch out for the tea industry as well as any other manufacturer out there is when a retailer is looking to make those, you know, cuts to assortment in the store, challenge them on it. But, but also don't do it in a way that's, that's, that's confrontational. Like have research to back it up because we also find in herbals as an example that there's certain herbals that meet certain occasions and, and that's incremental to the sale if you can have a product that's, that's listed that meets a specific need, um, versus, you know, the everyday teas and things like that. On that note, offering innovative teas is another way to secure shelf space in what can be a crowded category. Allison explains that innovation waned during the pandemic, but now is the time to turn it back on. Weber notes that a good place to innovate is around health, including the addition of herbals and botanicals that are associated with in-demand functional benefits and mood management. I think the role of innovation um, and what it does for categories. It helps grow categories. It also helps build brands and also helps build retailers, right? And I think if we look back the last number of years, I think innovation has taken a backseat because everyone was focused on, oh, supply chain. I just need to get my product on the shelf. There's a lot of empty spaces on the shelf just due to, to supply chain issues. And I think a lot of innovation took a back seat. And we just launched our, our breakthrough innovation report at NIQ, and, and we saw some really powerful insights. If for those who innovate, what we saw is their, their sales increased 1.8 times the um, versus those who did not innovate. So it's a good way to grow because as consumers, we want variety. We want selection. We're always looking for something new. And, and tea is an also area where we're starting to see innovation, particularly in the areas of health and wellness. And the other key insight, too, when it comes to innovation is that when sometimes when we hear the word innovation, we think premium. I think we always go to how do I innovate to get people to, to pay more? And in this environment where consumers have been paying more for just the basics the last couple of years with the compounding effects of inflation, what we're realizing is that sometimes innovation does not have to be a premium price. And that was some of the winners that we had that, that broke through with our report showed that they were just, you know, regular price products that were providing a unique benefit. Because we also have to remember what's happened over the last couple of years is that private label retailers have stolen some share away from those national brands. And how they've done that is just by offering a product at a lower price point. And so how do you justify your brand if it's the same product um, and, and it's just prices breaking the tie? Well, you need to innovate and, and, and stay one step ahead of the retailers. They'll probably copy you um, down the road if you're quite successful with that innovation, but you always have to stay one step ahead and, and providing that unique product or that unique innovation or flavor, whatever that combination is, or even packaging that's unique that allows you to stand out in the crowd, I think allows you to, you know, win back some of that share that may have shifted over to the to, uh, private label uh, brands. While the potential for innovation within the category seems endless, some emerging trends to watch, according to industry leaders, are single-origin and organic teas, nitro-infused tea, hibiscus and peach teas, matcha lattes that mimic the coffee-drinking experience, and a rise in loose-leaf teas, which are simultaneously viewed as more premium 
and a better value, as it carries a connotation of lower prices associated with purchasing in bulk. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. And also, a Happy New Year. 